podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And we're back with another FinFans podcast. Uh, With us today, we have a special guest, uh, Joe DeLeon. Uh, Louis Argoni is also here, and uh, Joe, you are um, a New York analyst. What 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 are you up to? Uh, looking forward to this game coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, covering the Giants though for Big Blue View, and have been covering them for a few years now, and bit through through a bit of the frustration of the past few seasons where everyone seems to get their hopes up, and then they fall right back down after some pretty well, we know about losses. that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the interesting thing about this game is it's kind of the duality of both teams, two former Belichick coordinators running both these squads, had high expectations at the beginning of the year, young quarterbacks that are very volatile, and they're just trying to, to pick up some steam at the, the midway to the end point of the season. Joe, you know what? That's so funny that you mentioned the parallels because these two teams have so many, right? We both have guys at the tight end position that have all the talent in the world, right? That seem to underachieve week in and week out. You guys have Ingram. We have Gasicki. We got two young receivers that we drafted in the first round this year and Tony and um, our guy Waddle. We have receivers that we signed as free agents that haven't been able to stay on the field, right? I don't mention our guy. Uh, you know, I haven't mentioned him <laughs> in weeks. I said it year, you know, weeks ago on, on the uh, podcast that I will not mention his name until he gets back on the field, and it's been like two months. So I won't mention his name, but you know who I'm talking about, and you guys, of course, have you know, Galladay, who you know, you're basically in the same situation with him. And then, of course, you have Shepard, who's been hurt quite a bit. And we've had Parker, who's been hurt quite a bit. So there's a lot of parallels between both the Giants and the Dolphins and a lot lot of similarities in regard to what kind of situations we've gone through in regard to injuries and whatnot. So it it was funny that you mentioned that right off the bat. Yeah, I think that's it's really interesting if you look at these teams from like a a top angle view, exactly what you said, going really deep into some of those offensive similarities. And, And the other thing, too, that's so, so similar is both these teams, their backbones for why they've had success and why they've been able to win games has been because of really good defensive performances. So it's, you know, maybe it's that Belichick thing with his assistants. They just put together the same exact teams because they've been around uh, Belichick for so yep. long and they've been uh, been influenced so much by him. But there, there's a lot going on for both these squads and they're, they're so, so uh, strangely similar. Exactly. Absolutely. And, the, you know, the young quarterback situation as well. You know, I'm sure you guys have a, a split situation up there in regard to Daniel Jones and, you know, whether people um, are with him or, or not with him down here with Tua. It's, it's a similar situation. It's somewhat split. Um, Tua's starting to win some people over. 
because he's been playing much better. And Daniel Jones, you know, at times looks fantastic. And then the following week, he, you know, he looks really, really bad. You know, inconsistency. You know, how many years in is Daniel Jones now? Is this his fourth or his third? I, I believe it's his third year. I, I don't know why. I th- when you said fourth, it made me question for a second. It's his, it's his, thir- <laughs> it's his third year. He, he started yeah. a few games into his first season. And the expectations were high after he had those like multiple touchdown games, a couple four touchdown games, you know, those long runs. And then last year, Jason Garrett takes over the offense. He falls flat on his face. He really doesn't produce much. He has a couple better games. And then the remaining stretch of the season last year, he was dealing with injuries. The Mm -hmm. expectation for Daniel Jones this year was for him to take that next step, not because of Jason Garrett, but because of the Kenny Galladay signing, the drafting of Kadarius Toney, Saquon Barkley coming back. All of these things were perfectly in place for a healthy Daniel Jones to at least play at an average level you would think at the bare minimum but instead you get all these injuries at the receiver position guys can't stay on the field Jason Garrett's calling an offense that was really only usable in the late 90s and completely (laughs) threw off the the potential of this of this group you immediately get rid of Jason Garrett and at least see some signs of life last week but Uh, This offense has really struggled, and uh, frankly, Daniel Jones has not done much to elevate it. Right. Do you think it's, you know, due to all the injuries, or is this falling on him, Daniel Jones? Uh, Where do you think the blame should go? I certainly think that it's more in the middle than I can pick one side because of the circumstance is... Offensive line problems, Andrew Thomas missed a bunch of time, uh, and he's really the only competitive guy out there. The rest of the, the offensive line has been terrible since they lost Nick Gates in, in week two. Uh, mm-hmm. Any quarterback, and as you guys have seen with Tua and Brissett, if you're not protecting him, it's going to be really, really tough for him to stretch the field and throw deeper passes to some of these faster receivers because of how little time he has. At one point, like all he had to throw to was John Ross and maybe Sterling Shepard, Galladay was down. Uh, he was throwing a Colin Johnson. Like when, when was the last time you heard of, of Colin Johnson's name being brought up in a <laughs> in a starting role conversation? But uh, I can't blame him for those circumstances. And Jason Garrett was really, really putting him in a tough spot by just calling really, really lazy uh, plays that did not put him in a position to be successful. But the thing that still really hurts me watching him play is his decision-making. He's in his third year, and you think that his ability to process would at least show some signs of progression. But for me, it's been very stagnant. You see a lot of times where he overthinks. That's what leads to him holding the ball or throwing these interceptions, leading to some of these sacks. He needs to just process quicker, and it, it feels so weird to say that about a kid who went to Duke but right now, upstairs, I, I really question if he has that capability because he has the talent. His arm is is up there with some of the best guys in the NFL. It's not huge, but he has the arm strength to be a, a top-quality quarterback. He has deceptive athleticism, as we've seen, his ability to run and oh, yeah. be a, a read-option quarterback. But if he can't figure out how to read what's going on in front of him quicker and more effectively and make the right decisions – uh, he's probably going to be done after next year, kind of like what happened with the Bears and Mitch Trubisky. It almost mm-hmm. sounds like you're describing uh, our first few years with Tannehill. <laughs> yeah. And he- heck, maybe that's going to happen. Maybe he's he's going to leave and he's going to end up somewhere else, and he'll be you know a, a 
quality starting quarterback for somebody else, but right now it doesn't really right. know, it doesn't seem to be working. All right, so you talked about the offense a little bit. Um, tell me something about their defense. Yeah, defensively, this team, and, and you know, we touched base on this before before we started talking. It, statistically, they're not really doing as well as you might anticipate, but they are a very good situational defense, specifically because of their secondary. They don't have any pass rush. Their pass rush is, I would assume, statistically one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, there's not really anybody coming off the edge that scares me. Aziz Ojolari has been very good, who is their second-round draft pick, but he's he's a rookie. He's not going to have a, a super high impact, and I also consider him to be a secondary guy, and he's going to need right. somebody much higher up to play across from him uh, before he really hits his full potential and before this defense hits its full potential. But their secondary has really been their strength so far. Patrick Graham is an underrated defensive coordinator, in my opinion. Uh, he does a fantastic job of setting up this defense in successful situations by confusing opposing quarterbacks with uh, disguised coverages and not really displaying what's going to happen during the play. And even during the play, quarterbacks don't really know what is entirely available to him. The the one game that, that they looked the weakest was against Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's just on a, another uh, mental processing level that yep. he knew to take what was given to him, but they almost dare teams to throw deep, and that leads to a lot of these mistakes. We saw Derek Carr throw interceptions. Uh, mm -hmm. Xavier McKinney had a really good game against the Raiders. We saw what they did against Jalen Hurts, who I still stand by not being a very good quarterback, but they really, really exposed him um, by confusing the hell out of him and, and daring him to throw into these tight positions um, and trying to roll out and extend plays. Those three interceptions happened for a reason because Patrick Graham knows how to set his guys up and those guys know how to take advantage um, of those mistakes when they're presented them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've got 13 interceptions as a secondary this year. I mean, they're, you know, in 11 games. So they do a really, really good job. I mean, I've watched them on occasion and they look so much better than, like you mentioned, the numbers that, you know, that are out there. I mean, they're ranked 27th overall in defense. Their pass defense is 16th in the NFL. But sometimes the statistics don't tell the whole story. They've played a lot better than that as far as I'm concerned in regard to the games that I've watched them play. Um, so, you know, I, I like them, you know, as a team, listen, I'm, I'm an undercover giant fan. I root for them in the <laughs> NFC. I mean, let me just tell you that <laughs> I got to come clean. You know, I'm a, I've been a dolphin <laughs> fan my whole life, but I always root for the giants. You know, I'm from New York originally and I hated the jets with an absolute passion, but I always rooted for the giants. You well, know, I, I have rooted for the giants too, when they played the Patriots. Oh yeah, and we love the fact that they beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl. I Hell mean that yeah. <laughs> that forget about it. I mean that's you know that's that's the whole thing. I mean they they protected our undefeated you know our, our yep. situation in regard to the undefeated season. So how can you not not like the Giants? You have to love them. You have to love them for just those reasons alone. And Tyrese so. catch on his helmet. I mean just fun stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah great stuff. Absolutely. Eli Manning beat him twice in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Beat Brady twice. Yeah. yeah. How about that? The two most recent <laughs> Super Bowls were, were knocking off uh <laughs> knocking off Tom Brady. Yep, you gotta love that in itself. So um yeah, interesting, say the least. I mean, defense, as you mentioned, good. You know, that they have a few guys like Leonard Williams who gets to the quarterback and um 
you know, he's got five and a half sacks as well. So th- I guess they have some guys that uh, their their total in regard to sacks is at twenty one for the season. So it's not horrible, but you're saying basically in a in a base defense with just a four man rush, they're just not getting there. They got a scheme basically to get to the quarterback. Yeah, what ends up happening, and the reason why a guy like Leonard Williams has some sack production is because the secondary does such a good job and you see these quarterbacks just stand there and hold the ball. Uh-huh. They don't know what to do with it. And because he's sitting back there for four or five seconds, it's it's more of a coverage, coverage sack. sack. Than it, mm-hmm. yeah, right. It's more of a coverage sack than it is someone did a really good job and they beat their block and um, blew past an interior offensive lineman. There's nobody off the edge that's that's really turned into that four-man rush, can get home, uh, leads to a good pressure. O- Ojalari's shown, shown signs of that, but we're, mm-hmm. we're just not there yet. A lot of the scheming comes from the, the, the play from the secondary. The, the blitz, blitzing, trying to get pressure that way, in my opinion, hasn't been as effective. But the big, big thing is what they're able to do uh, with their coverage. And that eventually does lead to those mistakes, which is either a sack, uh, a strip sack, a fumble, or the interceptions that we've seen over the past uh, in two of the last three games. If Ojolari is quick, he's going to have an advantage over Jesse Davis. Oh, yeah, I can certainly see that. Uh, you know, Ojolari does have a little bit of burst to him. He he was dealing with in college some knee issues, some injuries, but he appears to be fully recovered. That could be a problem for that, that Dolphins offensive line because he does have that speed. He does have that explosiveness. Um, and he's had a pretty good stretch of games recently, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being a, a sack getter in this game. Yeah, he would be a guy that I would be concerned with if uh, I'm Miami's offensive coordinator. Yeah, they're going to have to chip him with a tight end on that side, which they do from time to time. He's going to, I think he's going to, both of our tackles have struggled this year. Eichenberg struggled quite a bit as well. So, you know, our offensive line has been a problem. Tua gets rid of the ball quicker than anybody in the NFL. I mean, he's getting the ball and he's throwing the ball. Um, you know, the problem with that is is that most of the passes are within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So, you know, if you're the Giants, um, you know, how are you defending us, Joe? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what we've seen over the past few weeks and, and what has generated the most success is kind of daring these opposing teams to run the ball and take these these dump off passes that are, um, you know, around the line of scrimmage, like you're saying, within like that ten yard range, that's playing exactly into what Patrick Graham wants. He wants uh, the opposing quarterback to keep doing that and eventually get frustrated and then try to take a shot and then eventually turn the ball over. So I, I honestly would, I would approach that as go ahead to if you're going to throw these short, intermediary routes and pick up a couple chunk yards at a time. That's what we want you to do. We're going to force you into a third and five. We're going to rally. We're going to tackle. And then on third and five, when you try to attack us, that's when we're going to really confuse the hell out of you. That's what's going to lead to the turnovers. That's what's going to lead to the mistakes. And that has been the success, again, over the past few games. Take out that Bucks game has been just leaving that space from the line of scrimmage up until the first down marker kind of more open than it appears to be and asking these quarterbacks to just dump the ball off to whoever's available. Yep. You know, it sounds like a a Patriot defense, exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, and Patrick Graham um, has played exactly into that, and 
it's working effectively. Instead of trying to be super aggressive and attacking, it's a bit more reactionary. And in yeah, most circumstances, yeah, it's eleven guys to the football is right. basically what it is. You know, right, right. And reactionary doesn't always work for for every team, but this this team's secondary is is deep. It's 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 certainly its strength, and it's working well. And frankly, I'd be really concerned. Uh, and this isn't me just hyping up the uh the Giants defense and, and trying to to go after mm-hmm. this this Dolphins offense but I'd be worried if, if I were the Dolphins offensively it's going to be a really really tough day moving the football and if you're going to want to do it you're going to want to run the ball which we saw the Eagles they produced 200 yards on the ground uh, over 200 yards on the ground it's just a matter of if you rely on that effectively and you use that as a a good offensive outlet the reason why the Eagles lost is because in short like third and short fourth and short situations or like third and, and five around that range, they kept throwing the ball when if they ran the ball, they probably would have picked up that yardage, right. but they kept throwing it and that led to those mistakes. As long as as long as the Dolphins don't make that same mistake, they, they'll probably be able to move the ball. Well, they will run, but uh, the, the problem we have is our offensive line is not uh, always efficient. So, you know, guys are getting hit you know, they're right at the line of scrimmage and they've got to break tackles and, you know, uh, it's, it's tough. You know, they, they picked up uh, a running back this week, uh, Philip Lindsay, and he played a little bit in the game last week and uh, he looked productive, but we'll have to see. Gaskin has had a little bit of trouble. Yeah. I think Lindsay has to run the football in this game, Mike, um, for, for all the, all the reasons Joe just mentioned. I think our passing game is going to be a bit of a struggle. Uh, especially if Parker doesn't play, and uh, the other guy I won't mention. I don't well, think either one of them are playing. They didn't. Parker they is practicing today. Oh, is he? Okay. Yes. Well, that's a positive. That'll that'll be a plus because it puts another weapon on the field for Tua. But um, you know, in regard to our running game, I think Lindsey has to be part of it because he has a burst that the other guys just don't. And we've struggled all year, Joe, in regard to running the football. It has a lot to do with the offensive line, and Gaskins is a solid player, but I don't consider him a number, you know, a number one running back. I think that uh, you know he'd be nice as a supplement to somebody, but uh, he's our main guy here, and um, you know he. I see him as a third down back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and he's basically our starter. You know, he gets a couple of yards, and that's it. He's not the problem that I have with Gaskins is is that he doesn't create on his own. Uh, sometimes you have to do that. Um, you guys have a nice running game. I mean, Barkley is back. He seems like he's there. Um, you know, and Booker, when Barkley was out, ran the ball extremely well. I mean, that guy is is a very undervalued player in the NFL. Um, I think he did a really, really good job in Barkley's absence, and they they ran the ball decently. You know, even even when he wasn't there. So. You know, I think you guys have a little bit of an advantage in regard to running backs. I don't know how healthy your receivers are going to be this week. I mean, that's a factor. Yeah. Because our secondary, you know, as you, you know, you talked up your secondary, you know, we've got two really good corners and Holland, the rookie, is playing it outstanding from the safety position. So that's one of our strengths as well. And again, we keep running into these same parallels. You know, our pass rush has been adequate, you know, at best. What we do a lot of is blitzing um, in situations, and that's where that's where we get positive results. I mean, we create turnovers by blitzing quite a bit. I mean, we throw the house, you know, at you at times. So, 
you know, there's somewhat of a difference, I think, in regard to, um, you know, what our defense has been doing of late as compared to what you guys do. Um, only, only in that manner. You know, I think we blitz more than what anybody in the NFL, Mike. I mean, we're right well, up there. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And Daniel Jones or Glennon, whoever's quarterbacking, has got to be ready for that. I mean, you know, I don't know where Glennon is. He looked good at times when he when he plays, but other times he's just horrible. So I mean, it's going to be interesting. Because I don't see him being the mobile guy that Daniel Daniel Jones can take off and run with the football. I don't see Glennon as as having that ability. So that'll be a positive on our side if, in fact, Daniel Jones does not play. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 in any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And you're talking about how the Dolphins are so blitz-heavy, and uh, what they did against the Ravens is a really good example of, of that. I, I would argue it, it might be better for you guys if Daniel Jones <laughs> is starting in this game because Daniel Jones is one of the most mistake-prone people when he's blitzed, you watch mm-hmm. him when pressure's in his face. He really, really messes up. Like he, that's usually when he he'll fumble the ball. That's when he'll throw an interception. Um, I know that he is far more mobile than Mike Glennon, but I, I think Mike Glennon is a lot less riskier than Daniel Jones in, in you know in these circumstances. It probably won't be a very high offensive output day if Mike Glennon is the uh, is the starting quarterback, they're probably going to run the ball a ton with Booker and Barkley, uh, as you mentioned. But I'm actually a little bit more confident. Not co- Confidence not the right word. I feel safer with Glennon out there <laughs> going against this heavy blitz team. Yeah, I, would, I would too, actually. The veteran. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we talked about this when we played the Jets a couple of weeks ago in regard to Flacco. I said the same exact thing uh-huh. when me and Mike did the preview show together. I said, you know what? I'd rather have the young kid in than Flacco because Flacco's capable of hurting you in these situations. He's seen everything. And Glennon, it's a similar situation. So, yeah, I get exactly where you're coming from in regard to uh, him being able to handle the blitz a little bit better than Daniel Jones and not being, uh, you know, making the big mistake here and there. That can really, I think it's going to come down to that in this ballgame, to be honest with you. And our you know, defense has done well recently against the run. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've done a much better job of late. And the thing is that this this Giants 
offense, I'll admit, and, and you were you were talking up the the Giants run game more than I probably would. Um, <laughs> they tend to get in these situations where, and luckily it's Freddie Kitchens calling the plays now, which sounds so strange to to be happy about. But <laughs> yeah, right. They get in. They got into this habit of when Jason Garrett was calling the plays, if a couple plays running the ball didn't work, they completely abandoned it. And mm-hmm. and I'd I'd hope that under Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. We saw a little more of this last week that they'll still try and run the ball even if that early success is not there. Um, but that could possibly happen. If you guys defend the run well, it could really hamstring this offense because like Mike Glennon's not gonna not gonna kill you. He's not gonna do any, he's not gonna throw for three hundred and fifty yards. If you guys shut down Lamar Jackson, Mike Glennon's gonna get bottled up pretty easily. Right. Yeah. All right. Anything else you'd like to add, Joe? Uh, no, I'm just excited for this game this weekend. I, I know that the Dolphins are surging right now, and this is a perfect opportunity for them to maybe sneak their way into that wild card, card spot. But at the same time, Giants also need a victory. They are right. probably in a lot more of a difficult spot to make the wild card. Um, but this is could be another one of those games like last week facing off against a young, mistake-prone quarterback, and maybe they can trap him a little bit. But I'm excited. I think this is going to be a, a, a good, hard-fought football game, an underrated one. I think everyone's going to just assume that losing records on both sides, it's going to be a bad football game, but this will be fun. It's going to be old-school Belichickian football with two of his former assistants going at it. Yep. yep. I'm looking forward to it as well. I think it'll be a fun game. Agreed. I'm there <laughs> with you guys. I think <laughs> I think it's going to be a defensive battle here. I really do. I think it's going to come down to, um, you know, who makes more mistakes in this football game. That's going to be the difference in it. Um, you know, I don't think either offense is going to be overly successful. A lot of that depends on how many of these receivers on both sides of the football actually get on the field and play this week. I mean, if Tony's out there and Shepard and um, Slayton and they have their whole crew out there at receiver, they have guys that are more than capable. Um, you know, same thing on our side. You know, if Parker plays, I mean, it, it's it's a big upgrade from what we have, um, you know, opposite Waddle in the offense. So that'll be a major positive. So, yeah, it's going to come down to, you know, how many guys are actually on the field and, and which defense comes up with more turnovers, in my opinion. I completely agree with that. I think that that definitely is going to be the – that's going to be the big factor here is that – offensively whoever does enough to capitalize off of whoever turns the ball over more and I I think it's a perfect way to describe this game it's probably going to be very low scoring um, but the turnovers that's going to be so key whoever makes the most mistakes and who actually capitalizes on them is going to be the victor in this one who's going to win it Joe I'm picking my Giants I think after what we saw last week they they can really take advantage of Tua and some of the mistakes that we've seen him make and if he's playing this entire game it might be one of those days where he really really struggles going against a well-coached secondary uh-huh Lewis how do you see it I see us winning this game but really really tight game I see it being like a 17 13 16 13 16 10 something to that effect I think that the Dolphins are going to come up with a couple of more turnovers than the Giants do. I mean, Tua's actually been mistake-free for a couple of weeks, and I think the Dolphins are going to play it very conservative. I think that they're going to make the defense, uh, you know, control the game, and I think that that's going to be the difference in the football game. But it's going to be really tight. I mean, honestly, it could go either way, that type of score, because the Giants are more than capable of shutting us down. But 
I think we get a couple of more turnovers. Our defense creates a couple more and um, than the Giants do, and we wind up winning by, say, a field goal, maybe six points. I see the game, but as you guys both have said, I think it's going to be a defensive struggle. I think uh, two is going to have to play well for Miami to win, and by playing well, I mean hitting some passes in the intermediate area without getting fooled. And uh, I like Miami, but I don't love Miami. I, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, I'm going to say 20 to 17, and uh, I hope I'm right because we can't afford to lose it. Uh, no, we can't afford to lose it. If we lose, it's basically done. You know, yeah. season is uh, is over. I mean, they've basically got to win out in order for us to even consider making the playoffs. And even at that, Mike, you know, it may not happen for us. You know, well, the, if they run the table, the odds are eighty three percent they'll make the playoffs as of now. All right, all right, is that Joe. It? Yeah, I, I appreciate Joe uh, spending some time with us. Uh, you you've done a lot of podcasts and. Uh, I can see why you've done a great job. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I had, had a real good time, and it, it, it's fun to listen to uh, other perspectives on on other teams and our team as a whole. Right. Oh, it looks like we lost Joe. His, his microphone is giving him a bit of a problem, but uh, that's okay. He did a great job, and I appreciate uh, him taking the time to uh, spend a few minutes with us and, and talk about his Giants, you know. That's going to be it for us. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening, and, and Lou, thanks for joining me. Very welcome, as always. Looking forward to the game. As you mentioned earlier, it, this should really, really be a nice old-fashioned yeah. type of football game out there. I, I hope I, so. You know, it feels like it. You know, it feels like a defensive slugfest, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you look at the schedule, Mike, um, before we head off, and, you know, this is one of the games, like, right now that, that I'm excited about. You know, last mm-hmm. week, I had a little bit of concern. I'm always excited about watching the Dolphins on Sunday. I'm always concerned. (laughs) Always concerned as well. Um, You know, a a lot of the times, you know, very, very concerned about a lot of different things. But this game here seems like it's going to be a a rock'em, sock'em type of game. And I I really am looking forward to it. The defense is going to come up big, I think. Well, I picked uh, us because I think our secondary is probably better than the Giants' secondary, even though he was touting them. mm -hmm. Agreed. I just think our guys are playing really, really well right now. They are. Well, uh, you know, you hope with uh, either Glennon or uh, Jones that that gives us an advantage. Yep. We'll see. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back Monday to uh, talk about the Giant game. All right, the G-Men. Until then, everybody, take care and uh, have a great weekend. Fins up, Lewis. Fins up, doll fans. Fins up. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care.
Social Podcast Network.